my favorite thing to do, by the way, is I, I'll, I start all my conversations with the cast members the same way. I always go, excuse me, I have a quick question for you. And every time their ears perk up, they're like so ready to help you out with everything you need. And so I'm like, yeah, I have a quick question. And I go, how are you doing? And they go, oh, I'm pretty good. And then they look at me and I go, that was my question. And then they just start laughing instantly. And that breaks the ice and they love to talk to you more because they're like, I, I've never had anybody say their only question is how am I doing? back everybody this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast and i i honestly can't be more excited to bring our guest back on uh, i'm going to welcome josh on from bellingham hey josh hello brian and hello dcl duo uh, listeners super good to be back with you guys so we had a show with josh I think it was out maybe a week and a half ago now. It got such great reviews. And actually, while we were recording the show, Josh mentioned that he had had some ongoing conversations with crew members while he was on board his cruise on the Dream and uh, collected just a lot of intel and background that he thought it would be fun to share. And so wanted to have him back on and just couldn't be, couldn't be more excited. I had such a fun time talking to Josh the first time around and so excited to talk to him the second time around. Josh, you, I mean, I'm looking at the notes that you sent me about kind of the topics you had. I mean, you were like interviewing these crew members. You could do a little crew member documentary here. Like, do do you just like enjoy getting to know people or did you have a real interest in the crew? Like what, what sparked you to kind of just cut it up with these crew members the way you did? Yeah, I think when um, I enjoy something and I just so have enjoyed the Disney parks and I've had a couple of friends who have been cast members um, in the parks and then going on a cruise, I was like, man, this experience is so great. But I think my mind naturally goes behind the curtain of like, what would life be like if I'm putting on the show? If I was a waiter or somebody doing the entertainment or hosting the um, uh, make your or match your mate show, right? And so in those things, I start asking them questions. Or usually, uh, I found you just ask people questions, start to get them talking, and usually they start to lean into subjects that are are surprising or reveal more about their job than maybe they would ever admit if you didn't ask them. So that's that's what I do, and then I just make mental notes and try to create a, a bigger picture of, of kind of their lives. So, Yeah. And it looks like you, I mean, you went from beginning to end here. Why don't we start with it? It sounds like you talked to at least a few folks about getting a job on the cruise line. What's the feedback like from them around just landing the, the job on the cruise line? Yeah. So this conversation came out from our waiter and his name is Walter. And I said, Walter, how long have you been working for Disney Cruise Line? And um, Walter said this was his, I think it was like first or second time on Disney. And I said, oh, interesting. And then he was very quick to say, but he's been working on cruise ships for, I want to say, like six years. And so I asked him, how's working for Disney and how is getting the job for Disney? Right. Again, just open-ended questions. And all of them always say, working for Disney Cruise Line is really great. Um, They take care of their, their cast members really well. But Walter talked about, he said, the first time he applied for Disney Cruise Line, And then he said, they love seeing that you have experience on another cruise line because you know basically the schedule and the pay and everything that you're going to come into as a staff member. But he said, they have very strict language testing. So he said the first time, and he was from Mexico. I want to say he was from Mexico City area. He said the first time he failed the test. And that, that for them is not a, hey, you can never apply for a job again. But it's basically, hey, for now, it's a no. And you have to re-go through the process. So he said he studied for like two months straight went and applied and then got a job there. So I thought that was really interesting and and also not surprising that Disney has a higher bar than other cruise lines, especially with communication with guests. 
Yeah, that is that is pretty interesting. I mean, it's, it's interesting from the standpoint we've had a couple of guests on now who've noted since the return that they've been feeling a little bit more communication challenge with some of the crew and, you know, attributing that to probably some of the crew being a little bit out of practice because they, you know, they haven't been on board speaking these languages for quite a while. I'm always curious too, uh, you know, as we were leaving the dining room one evening on this last cruise we were on, it, it struck me the number of nationalities that these folks have to deal with on an ongoing basis. And I'm always curious how many languages some of these folks speak, honestly, <laughs> like, I mean, more than even beyond English. So, yeah. And, you, and yeah, you have, you know, our assistant server was from the Philippines. Our primary server was from Mexico. And I want to say the, the head server over multiple was from India. So you have all these people with different accents and different languages they come from. And I'm like, wow. And I, it sounds like, and, and from everything I heard and heard from them, English is the language they use commonly, but lots of barriers, right? And a lot of uh, challenges in that. So yeah, yeah. Well, and it looks like you noted here that they, they prioritize having native English speakers for at least some portions of the, uh, the entertainment and the cruise. Yeah. So we did, if you guys listened to my show, we went on Royal Caribbean first for a three night and then jumped on the Disney dream literally the same day. And upon walking on the ship from the first cast members on the ship we interacted with is right before the welcome show and they're queuing you up. And as we walk in, we were like one of the first guests, you know, in between the shows. And I'm like, everyone here is, it looks, looks like they're from the United States. All their name takes say the US or, or there's a couple Great from Britain. the UK. Yeah, exactly. From, from, from Great Britain. And I was like, wow, I expected some more Americans. Cause I've seen some YouTube videos about Americans working for Disney Cruise Line and native English speakers. But I was like, this is kind of spectacular. And so at that point, I was curious. Is the crew's going to have way more American or native, you know, you know, native English speakers? But it turns out they really stack heavy their native English speakers for their entertainment. So those running, if you're doing a drawing, and I want to say even trivia or the special shows in the evening, and those shows being the grand shows or even just like the match your mates, most of the time those folks are from the states or native English speakers. One area that I also noted this a little bit, and my wife noticed it more, was the kids' clubs. You think about kids interacting with adults, it definitely helps to have at least a native English speaker in the vicinity or overseeing the other staff so that if a kid has a, a kid accent, right, you can understand what they're saying. Yeah, I am, I am always blown away. I mean, it does seem like there are different nationalities on board. It is a, a melting pot, but they seem to, to gravitate toward different positions within the the cruise line. And I don't, I, I don't want to make any sort of assessment that that's the case across cruise lines. I have heard, for instance, that there are some cruise lines where the wait staff is majority of a different kind of nationality than what we might experience on Disney Cruise Line. But I'm always like, you know, you see the officers on board, the captain of the ship. I mean, it seems like nine times out of 10, they're Greek or mm, you know, someplace yeah. in the Mediterranean, something like that. It's just, I'm always curious what is the pathway to this, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, how do you become a ship captain? How do you become, you know, an entertainment director on board? And uh, I gotta say, I, I, I don't know the answer. This is piquing my interest. Yeah, and I can't, I can't speak to the captain, but it was interesting talking to my waiter on my Royal Caribbean cruise line about how long he had worked there. And he said, hey, if you come see me in the buffet in the mornings, I'll have the white shirt, which is like the captain shirt, but he doesn't have any stripes, which which he called French fries, which I thought was very appropriate, right? <laughs> Having lots of French fries is like, I finally made it in this world. But he talked about the process and said, it's a long process to get promoted. And, um, and it sounds like they like to hire from within for promotion. But yeah, like you said, a lot of those captains being from certain areas, 
I wonder if there's a fast track or they come from a different cruise line that's based out of Greece. Who knows, right? So there's a little bit that I found out, but a lot of it, I had that same question as you. It's like, how does this work? Or just maritime schooling, right? I mean, they may have top-notch maritime schools there, and that's that's the that's the pathway in. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. you also notice that the um, I, now I am aware that the these folks who work on cruise ships are on cruise contracts. They're of a specific length. It sounds like you talked to them a little bit about that process, Josh. What did you What did you glean? Yeah. So one night before dinner, I think my wife is getting ready, and so I went down to I don't know what the bar is called, but I, I tried to go to the pub, and it was closed on the Dream. And so there's the area right outside of it where there's usually like a live violinist playing or they had trivia. And um, the bartender, he, uh, uh, trivia had just gotten out and there's like no one there. And so the bartender was Siberian. And so I asked him about Siberia and I just, I started uh, like I do talking him up a storm. And I just asked him, I said, Hey, I have a random question. Do you work when you go home for your breaks? And at that point, uh, I think it was like a waiter for the bar. I don't know, you, you would call his position, but you know, he jumped in and was talking to me as well. And they talked about how they have different lengths of employment or contracts. I heard anywhere from one month all the way up to seven months. And it sounds like the contracts are a little shorter right now with COVID. But for both those guys, they said they don't work when they're at home for a break. And the reason being, as they said, and the guy said his example was, hey, I have a four-month contract. And I work every single day. And I was like, wait, for four months straight, you don't have a single day off. And he goes, nope, no single day off. And I said, wow, how many hours a day do you work? How does that work? And he was just, uh, we had bonded over sports. So he jumped in. He's like, I, he goes, on average, they try to work us 10 hours a day. Sometimes it's a little bit more, but most of the times it's a bit less. In that, they rotate. So they have usually two main positions. Um, so you'll notice your wait staff in the evening will be at Cabana's in the morning. Or your bartender from the night before all of a sudden shows up on the Castaway Key bar. And so they have different shifts for when they go to Castaway Key or in the morning and evening. And so he said, usually we'll work you know, three to four hours in the morning, then they get their break. And then he works you know, five to six hours in the evening. And obviously, everyone's schedule is different. But he said, and that's every day all day for the entirety of the contract. And so that's why for him and the other guy I was talking to who is from India, they said for them with their families, when they go home, they enjoy their families. They enjoy their time off for the uh, four to six weeks in between their contracts. Um, and they say they're very much looking forward to the break at the end of their contract and very much looking forward to come back to the routine when they come back from their breaks. So, so yeah, they, I mean, I know they give the crew some time off in port. Did they talk to you at all about how they rotate that time off? Yeah. So I asked about that if they get to go into the ports. And they said they do, um, but I didn't hear a lot of details. And I think I, mainly because we weren't at any ports on the Disney Cruise Line. So I didn't ask them as, as much about that. But I did ask them if they get to enjoy Castaway Key. And they said they do, but they have their own staff area that they get to enjoy on the island. Yeah, I'm always curious how they how they choose who gets the time off and how they rotate that. I know we were on the fantasy. I was on the fantasy about a month ago now, and that that ship is doing four days on, three days off. And so I asked the crew member, "Well, in the three days off, do you get run of the ship for a little while?" And uh, he said, "Well, we have like kind of we work half days instead of full days, and they you know they do let them access some of the guest areas while they're uh, uh, while they're not working." I'm curious, did you happen to talk to the staff about their rooming situation? Because my, my understanding is right now they may not all be back in staff quarters just yet, but uh, did they talk to you about what it was like living uh, down below deck? 
So I'm trying to remember, I've watched a couple of videos, um, people showing their, their room cabins on YouTube on the Disney Cruise Line. But yeah, I do remember that they do bunk up. One of the most interesting things is the Serenity Bay Bar uh, on Castaway Key. I was talking to the cast member and she was married and she had met her husband who was from Poland on a Disney cruise ship uh, while they were on their contracts. They got married and they said Disney Cruise Line is one of the only ones that allows married couples working on the same ship to bunk together, which I thought that was pretty interesting, right? That other cruise lines, if you're married, wouldn't want you to bunk together and instead would be with another you know, male or female is what I, what I heard. But no, I didn't. I didn't hear much more than that. Uh, I did ask one of the entertainment staff, and oh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, I think it was. Uh, oh, I don't remember. I said it wrong. It was like Donovan or something like that, and he got very offended that I said it wrong. So if he's listening, he's probably offended right now. But he said, <laughs> "Yes, they're on the bottom of the ship." He said the first couple nights sleeping there is super uh, rough because he said his his room is literally at the very very front of the ship. And so it rocks pretty good. Oh, but he said, awesome. as, yeah, yeah. But he said, as a, as a cast member, he he sleeps like a baby, seriously, because they're I think they're all interior rooms, and therefore there's no lights and it's dark, and it rocks them like a baby. Well, after a ten hour shift on board, I can I can only imagine. Did they happen to talk to you about the crew mess at all, or the crew bar on board? I know they have both, and I've I've heard, I've heard some things, but I don't know if anyone shared with you. Yeah, so I definitely asked them. I asked the bartending staff about uh, the food and about if they if they they party very hard, right? And because I'm like, man, if, if you're working ten hours a day, there's got to be a couple people that are trying to you know take a load off or whatever, try to relax. And they they were pretty straightforward with me. They're like, honestly, we there's really not too much hard partying because you you sleep for six hours and you're up for another shift. And by the time your shift's over, you're ready to go back to bed. And and I'm saying in the break of their shift. So they said they that they they have they have beers and drinks together. They they enjoy the food that they have. And they said it's very similar to um uh I connected with somebody, they equated it to cafeteria food like you get at a college. And they're like it's good. It's not necessarily it's it's basically the same as what we get as um guests, not as high caliber, but um, yeah, they said it was fine, and that you, but you get used to it, and you obviously have to try to eat the healthy stuff and not the unhealthy stuff. Which again, anybody who went to a, a college knows you gain weight pretty quickly in those situations. <laughs> sure, for sure. Did they? I mean, did they talk to you about any of the amenities on board that they? I mean, like crew laundry. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned before the show you talked to somebody about just how they get haircuts and things like that while they're at sea. Um, did they talk to you about that stuff? Yeah, and I I noticed on the first night of our Disney cruise that our our assistant waiter had a really fresh haircut. I was like, oh man, your hair looks good. He's like, oh thanks, man. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, like you must have. Uh, I said, do you have a barber on board? And he goes, No, I actually cut hair. And I was like, Oh, no way! Like, and so I was like, Oh, his other job must be cutting hair. And then I go, Oh, cool. So is that like part of your job? He goes, No. And I go, Do you guys don't have any hairstylists on board? Like any barbers? He goes, Nope. Every time I've been on a cruise, and the first like when people come on for their contracts. It's like, all right, who, who knows how to cut hair? And then like a couple of guys raise their hand and they're like, all right, cool. Go to those guys if you need a haircut. And I just couldn't believe... Like I was just like, you're on here for four months. You work every day. You're presenting yourself. Or you're trying to be presentable to these guests. And Disney doesn't hire somebody to be just a barber. Like uh, I just couldn't believe that. And I, maybe that was just my wait staff or whatever, but I was just blown away. I'm like... I do cut my own hair at home. So I'm like, my hair doesn't look that good. It's not that presentable. So I was like, obviously, you guys figure it out or somebody knows what they're doing. So 
Well, we do need to take a pause in the conversation here for just a second to thank our amazing show sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. We have said it before, but we will say it again. We use Touring Plans Travel to plan our own fabulous Disney vacations and Disney Cruise Line vacations and couldn't be happier with the service and experience and expertise that we get over there from our travel specialists. So if you're looking to book a Disney vacation, a cruise vacation, a Disney Cruise Line vacation, head over to touringplans.com. You don't pay anything extra. Disney pays your travel specialist at the time you travel and your travel specialist has access to all the same rates you do. It's just that they will invest their expertise and their time. You don't have to wait on hold. You can get the best experience possible. So head over, check them out. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. You mentioned, um, I'm always curious how they stay connected back home. And I know you have in your notes here, you mentioned you talked to them a little bit about internet. I mean, my sense is they got to pay for things on board, which uh, was a little surprising to me the first time I sort of heard that. I figured that uh, Disney would provide a lot of stuff to them complimentary in exchange for probably paying what is, you know, would be a pretty unacceptable wage for many American workers. I'll just put it that way. But it sounds like they, they pay for a lot of stuff on board themselves. Yeah, and I didn't hear so much about what they pay for. I was what I thought found most curious was um, their internet usage, um, because I assumed that it wouldn't necessarily be unlimited. I talked more to the Royal Caribbean crew members on Royal Caribbean, and they have unlimited internet ex- access, not just on the ship, but also on their private island that they get to use. And the reason that that came up is I think we mentioned in the last show I was on. I'm a YouTuber and I, I mountain bike, and so. Whenever I brought up mountain biking, I would tell my channel and they would instantly write it down and be like, cool, I'll check it out tonight and we can talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And so, um, and on Disney too, I did have a couple cast members that I would give my business card to and they came back tomorrow. They're like, oh, I watched that one video. That was really cool. And I was like, oh, like it kind of dawned on me. Oh, of course they probably have internet access. I don't know if they have to pay for it or not. And then Sasa, who was up in Palo, talked about FaceTiming his kids. And how that's the primary way that he calls them or connects with them is via FaceTime. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting because uh, before the pandemic, we had a, a wait staff server that we really liked. And uh, he mentioned that you can you can easily blow all of your money on internet and beer on board, right? If you're not careful. And so it may have changed post-pandemic as a way to get people back. But I think they were charging for at least some of the internet before because he mentioned that. And that crew really liked to get off the ship in port in part because they could get cheaper internet, um, uh, more readily. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, but they may have changed that. That may have, you know, the, the perks evolve with the industry, I'm sure. Did you talk to, I'm curious, did you talk to anyone on Castaway Key? It looks like from your notes, you might've talked to some people about, uh, the folks who live on the Island. Yes. So I started by, I was just super curious cause I heard there's people that live on the Island, right? And I don't know if if you, Brian, or anybody watched Lost like back in the day, I was so, <laughs> yes. so obsessed and I was like, who are the others who live on this island, right? And uh, <laughs> so I asked one guy. <laughs> yeah, that'll give a chuckle to some people. So I talked to one guy, and he was the ice cream guy, super nice dude. I was like, "Hey, like, I, I, do you work? Do you live on the island?" He goes, "No." He goes, "Most of the cast members that you're going to interact with, um, if not all of them, don't live on the island." And so I kind of heard that, and I was like, "Oh, interesting." Like they really are like the others. They really are behind the scenes. No one knows if they're here or not. And then I started talking with the lifeguard staff and that's where things got interesting. So we were right by the cabana area and there's a person down on the beach that allows the cabana people to walk on the beach over to food or, or to go on the Pelican, Pelican Point slides. And 
my favorite thing to do, by the way, is I, I'll, I start all my conversations with the cast members the same way. I always go, excuse me, I have a quick question for you. And every time their ears perk up, they're like so ready to help you out with everything you need. And so I'm like, yeah, I have a quick question. And I go, how are you doing? And they go, oh, I'm pretty good. And then they look at me and I go, that was my question. And then they just start laughing instantly. And that breaks the ice. And they love to talk to you more because they're like, I, I've never had anybody say their only question is, how am I doing? So anyway, I got talking to this cast member and I said, do you, do you live on the island? And he goes, no, I live on a different island. And I was like, what? And it turns out that there's a handful of staff that work on Castaway Key that don't live on Castaway Key, but are bohemian citizens that live mm-hmm. at home. And they yeah. take a boat, I think, 45 minutes into work each way. And so I thought that was fascinating. Like I didn't even think, oh, yeah, if you live nearby, jump on the ferry or boat or whatever it is to come into work. Yeah. I know some of the store operators because Disney's agreement with the Bahamian government to open up Castaway Key included some retail space for the local Bahamians. And so I know some of the store operators come over from the island, as do some of the um, tour operators. So when they're running port adventures on Castaway Key, like parasailing and fishing and things like that, they tend to be local folks who have come over to the island for the day. So so yeah. But did you manage to find any of the coveted people who actually have residence on the on the key? Yes. And that is the lifeguards. Almost all of the lifeguards that I, I talk to live on the island. Really? That's yes. surprising. I would have figured they would have come from the ship because they've got lifeguards on the ship. Yes. But then I thought about it. And Brian, you talking about one of the days that you guys stayed on the ship, uh, you and Sam and your your son to go enjoy the ship. I was like, well, duh, if the ship is open with their pool deck and the aqueduct and everything, then they need the same amount of lifeguard staff. Like they can't reduce it. So that's when that dawned on me. So yeah, I, ta- I was talking to one of the lifeguards and I was like, do you live on the island? He's like, yeah, I do. He had, a, he had like a one month contract, which I was like, oh, that's the shortest that I've heard. But then as I talked to more of the lifeguards, uh, primarily because I may have dropped my sunglasses on the water slide on Pelican Point and still have not gotten back, which they're gone forever. Uh, but anyway, in talking to them more, most of them lived on the island. And so I, I you know, did the quick math in my head. I said, normally you guys probably have one day where people aren't on the island. Do you get to use the guest areas? And he said he said a little bit, but then he talked about on Castaway Key, and I noticed this as well when we had lunch at Serenity Bay, is when you're eating in Serenity Bay, you'll see if you go at the right time, me and my wife, I want to say we went a little late. They have an eating area for the staff right by the soda fountain. And so you'll see the staff, we saw them like poking out and grabbing drinks and then going back in to eat their lunch. And it looked like they had they had the same lunch that we had. But he said there they have like their eating area and they also have their own beach. You don't even realize it because it's just so Disney, right? But when you're where the cabanas are, if you're to look over to the direction of Serenity Bay, you know, the island basically jets out so you can't see it. And then when you're on Serenity Bay, you get the same effect looking back towards the ship. And and that's where they have the cast member, uh, the cast member area that they can enjoy the beach. So yeah, it was cool to hear a little bit more about that. And I think I also asked that cast member who lives on the island, I was like, on the days off, you guys must like let relax and maybe party a little bit more. And, and he kind of said, uh, actually not really. He goes, I thought that too. And, and then it, it wasn't as, as young kids having fun or being crazy and they're not all young or whatnot, but he goes, no, it's pretty, pretty serious most of the time. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I finally noticed that cast member beach the last time I was on the fantasy. I had not I just really never noticed it before, but it was pretty obvious this time around when I took a look. Yeah. And I know we, there were people living on that island even throughout the pandemic. I mean, they had to maintain the uh, maintain the island. So there's 
some folks living a fairly solitary lifestyle on Castaway Key when those ships were not sailing. Yeah, but that must have been pretty pretty surreal. Oh, and last thing about Castaway, they do have crew member bicycles. And I only know that because I may have found one while walking somewhere and definitely took it for a quick joyride. Just like the normal bikes, nothing to write home about. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, uh, Josh, it looks like you may have uh, gotten to the bottom of whether the comment cards actually matter on board. My sense has always been that they actually do. And I've actually heard from people that uh, depending on where your rating is, different people get involved to investigate the experience. And so what did the crew have to say about the uh, the comment cards when you asked? Yeah, that's one thing that I tried to do in general in life with those in the service industry is if, if somebody's going above and beyond or just doing a really stellar job, I always just ask, hey, can I talk to your manager or your shift lead and just say, hey, this person did really great. And so on the cruise line, obviously, I tried to do that above and beyond. And a couple of times... When I would, after getting to know the staff, I would talk to their supervisor. So, like for at dinner, this is where I noticed it the most was at dinner. And our our dinner waiting staff was I would tell the lead, "Hey, they're do- these guys are doing a really good job. They seem like a good duo. We we really appreciate that." And the lead was like, "Oh, thank you so much. Like, please write that down on your card." And then I asked my head waiter Walter, and uh, it's <laughs> it's interesting. I'll I'll have a little honesty moment in this with everyone. I was like, I was like, "Hey, Walter." I, I talked to your your lead. I told him how good of a job you're doing. And I just want you to know that. Like, I really appreciate you. And, he, and he's like, Oh, Mr. Josh, thank you so much. Actually, if you could put my name on the comment card, that would be awesome. And I was like, Oh, is that what helps you out the most? And he said, Yeah. And it's not just the comments. It's also like the, the grading scale you get. And it was funny because then when I was filling out the comment cards, which definitely takes some time. And so those of you who are like me and like, I'm on vacation, I don't got time for that. Take the time to do it. And I think uh, one of the questions, did any of the cast members encourage you to give a certain score? And I read that question. I was like, oh, no, Walter kind of did, but I kind of like asked him for it. So I I definitely said no and turned that bad boy in. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have have heard if you rate anything less than a five, somebody's going to look into it. And if you rate it, you know, a two or a one, some of the officers on board are likely to get involved in figuring out and bottoming out on what happens. So those comment cards do matter. Yeah, it's, it's always good to take care of, of people. And one thing I found is when you really express your appreciation more than giving an additional tip, and we noticed this at Apollo with Sasa, we expressed our appreciation. We told him, hey, you really did like make our trip and your service. And, uh, and I, I always ask, is there anything I can do to help? Such a good question, right? Or hey, is there anything that you wish next time I come on the cruise ship that I would do? And right there, you're going to learn so much. And Sasa said that he goes, hey, the, intuit- the included gratuity is split amongst everybody up here at Polo. So any additional gratuity, that will go just to me. Oh, Yeah, and I appreciate him saying that because obviously you have the chefs at Polo and, and everybody else. And I'm, guess, I, I'm curious to know if the included gratuity goes to places like Polo and Remy or if they're a little bit more on their own. Therefore, the additional gratuity means even that much more to them. I wasn't sure, so... Yeah, the, the interesting thing about Palo is that the service staff actually comes from, it draws on the main dining staff, whereas Remy, on board the Dream and the Fantasy, they have dedicated serving staff. So that's why you'll see Palo servers in cabanas or out on the island serving. They are not dedicated solely to Palo, but the Remy service staff is. They only serve in Remy and they only work uh, in Remy. So yeah, that's interesting. Good to yeah, know. That is, a, that is a key difference there for sure. Well, Josh, as we wrapped up here, was there any conversations you had with crew that stood out for you that we haven't talked about or any uh, any feedback from the crew that you got? I, I love your question there about what would you do differently? We asked it 
slightly differently on a cruise we were on. I always ask, so <laughs> when you're down below decks and you're complaining about people up, up above deck, what's the thing that gets that draws the biggest complaint, <laughs> right? And, uh, <laughs> yes. Our server uh, adeptly sidestepped that one in a very political fashion. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, any any conversations you had with the crew that uh, we didn't talk about? No, I think the the only the only last one I would say was I asked about the shows because um, they asked me one night, "Oh, are you going to the show?" And I think it was, I think it was, I was going to say Dream, but maybe that's not what it is. It was the Man in the Flower, whatever that one is. They're like <laughs> Disney, <laughs> Disney, Disney Believe, I think it is. Yeah, Believe. There we go. Thank, thank you so much, Brian. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, "Are you going to Believe tonight?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I think we're going to." And I was like, "Do you ever get to like just go to a show or go see a movie if it's you're on break?" And they said, we see the shows the first time we get on the cruise ship, but only once during our contract. At least, and, and again, I should, I, I realize I should have said this earlier. I, I've learned anytime a crew member tells you something, it's always okay to ask another person. And this is like a general rule of thumb in life because they could be wrong or their experience could be different than somebody else's. So some of the stuff I'm saying or Brian is saying, you guys may go, oh, you know, Josh is totally off base. And I go, oh, I love that because. It just means somebody shared something or maybe I misheard them or it's just their experience. But for our assistant wait, wait staff, he said they he got to watch all the shows when he got on the boat like the first time, but they're not able to just go and watch shows if they have a break in the evenings, which obviously your wait staff is primarily working when those main shows are on. So that made sense to me all of a sudden. That Of course, we're not going to see that. Yeah. Well, and the and I'll say this, you're you're absolutely right. The difference in experience between the crew I think can vary. It's always, you know, so take all of this with a grain of salt everyone out there listening. Also say that the crew experience is very different as between some of the entertainment staff, the officers on board and then, you know, sort of the more general crew members on board and so they all have a very different lifestyle on board the ship, different access to crew versus uh, public areas of the ship. You know, on some cruise lines, senior officers can bring family members on board uh, for some of the cruises so that they're with them. If you're ever interested in seeing what the life of a celebrity cruise uh, captain is like, check out Captain Kate McHugh's blog or, or, or Instagram account. And her cabin yeah. is going to be very different than the cabin that the run-of-the-mill crew member has on board. You know, Josh, it actually sparks for me in your notes here. It looks like you actually asked them about cruising and their off time. Yeah. I was curious about, I'm always, like, I'm always curious. I always think it would be a fabulous thing if Disney allowed some of these crew members to bring their family on board, but what's their experience like? Yeah. And that was a, that's a question that I thought about and me and my wife would talk about is like, these people spend all day serving others on a cruise. I wonder if they get to enjoy a cruise. And I think the question only came up once or twice. And one of the per persons said, no, they don't cruise. It's not, it's not really in their lifestyle. I th they yeah. answered it in a very politically correct way to basically say uh, no. Uh, and then uh, one of the lifeguards who lives on Castaway Key, he's like, oh, yeah, I love going on cruises. He goes, uh, right before this one, me and my friends were on a Royal Caribbean cruise and it was super fun. And uh, I've got another one planned with my family on Carnival. And I was like, oh, interesting. So... I wonder, and I'm, I'm, I know from cast members who work at Disney World, they get pretty good discounts on cruises. Uh, but I wonder if they they get same discounts as like cast members at Walt Disney World, or I don't know how they do it. But he was talking about going on other cruise lines, and the fact that found that for him and his friends who were much more in the party crowd, uh, and he was telling me about that. He's like, we like to go and get the drink package and kick our legs up and really enjoy ourselves. I was like, Hey, I, I, I totally get it working so hard as you do. But he, he talked about how he loved cruising, even though he works on the Island and is part of the cruise industry still enjoys it. Yeah. I will say I am doubtful that the crew members on board outside of perhaps some of the officers get 
any sort of real discounts. They're, they're all treated as independent contractors. So this is part of the flag of convenience discussion for cruise lines. They flag their ships in home ports that have very convenient employment <laughs> regulation and taxes yeah. and all of those sorts of things. And so they don't treat these folks as uh, employees. They treat them as independent contractors, essentially, which is a whole nother discussion to have. I'm guessing as a result of that, they don't get all of the same, you know, the same perks as a, as a full Disney cast member would get. Well, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing the intel that you managed to gather. Uh, for, for folks out there who are listening who want to know even more about what it's like to be a crew member, we actually did have a show way, way back in our catalog. And we've got a ton of new listeners, so you may not have delved as deeply back into our catalog. Please don't go too far because it gets pretty bad pretty quick. But uh, if you head back to episode 48, we had author Brian David Bruns on, who was the best-selling author of Cruise Confidential and several sequels to it as a cast member aboard Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, and he would, did a little tell-all book that was the rage uh, for a while. And so he offered up his thoughts and insights on what it was like to be a crew member on board Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, so you can always head back and check out episode 48. And of course, if you're listening out there and you're a current or former crew member who'd be willing to come on and talk to us about what it's like to uh, be a crew member on Disney, we uh, we would love to have you and we promise to tell your story responsibly. But other than that, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing the intel that you gathered. Yeah. And and if you get somebody who was a, a cast member that is willing to come share, you better invite me back because I've got loads of odd questions for them. <laughs> such a blast getting josh back on the show again i really hope he gets out there cruising some more so we can have him back on he's a fantastic guest i love his point of view and uh he also lives pretty close to us so maybe one day we'll actually be able to record in person but it was great having him back on really appreciate him coming on and sharing his stories with us about the cruise so can't wait to have him back with that i do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening to our bonus episode this week please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the dcl duo each week please also head over to apple Podcasts, leave us those five star reviews we love to get the listener feedback and to read them on the air each week on our main episode and hey we just hit 101 reviews so head over there keep that number going up we love to see it always love to see the listener reviews if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo you can also head over to the dclduo channel on youtube for even more great content just browse to youtube.com slash dclduo or you can join the dclduo vlog and podcast facebook group if you'd like to participate in a conversation with some like-minded dclduo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation or Disney Cruise Line vacation and let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo to join one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed in the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.